understood that Jesus has spoke into our life how we are to respond in any given situation. And uh, so this is a great series. And I don't know if you've noticed, but the first four, which we've already covered, all had to do with our relationship with God. Now, the second four, which we're going to begin today, all have to do with our relationship with one another. Remember the first one? Blessed or happy are the poor in spirit. Those who understand their need of God. Those who walk in humility. Because they will be blessed with the kingdom of God. The second beatitude said, happy or blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted, comforted by God, by his Holy Spirit, by his word, by his people, but still an attitude toward our relationship with God. The third beatitude was blessed are the meek, those who have strength under control, for they will inherit the earth. For me, sometimes the earth is simply my own peace of mind. If I can walk in meekness, I can inherit the peace of mind that I need. Last week, Pastor Allen talked about those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And he did a good job in helping us to understand that righteousness is not found in a church. It's not found in good deeds. It's not found in performance. Our righteousness is found in Jesus Christ alone. He is our righteousness. So again, the first four Beatitudes all had to do with our relationship with God. Today, we're going to look at the fifth attitude that each of us as Christians, as Christ followers need to have. And it's that attitude of being merciful. Now, this has to do with our relationships with one another, not just within the church, but within your HOA, within your uh, soccer association, within your office place. Blessed, the Bible says, are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. J.B. Phillips from Britain has uh, not translated, but paraphrased uh, the New Testament. I love the way that he handles this particular verse. Happy are the merciful, for they will have mercy shown to them. Now, what Jesus is saying here, friends, is what we give is what we're going to get. It's called the law of reciprocity. It's the law maybe of direct return or the principle of direct return. And if you criticize other people, you are more apt to be criticized yourself. It's just the law of the harvest. If you're friendly to other people, it's amazing how other people will be friendly back to you. And Jesus is saying, you know, if you are merciful to others, they'll be merciful back to you. If you want to be happy, friends, treat people right. Man, the one quality of Christianity that we're missing right now is that of kindness. Kindness. And it goes along with being merciful. I'm telling you that Jesus said the right way to treat anyone in your life is with mercy. Number one, what 
is mercy. Let's talk about the meaning of mercy. And if you're filling in the blanks, it's the meaning of mercy. I want to define mercy for the, you know, the purpose of our discussion today as love in action. Love in action, which is not a noun, but a verb. It's just like John 3, 16. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. That is not a noun. It's not an intellectual belief. It's an action. And here we find a verb again. Mercy always includes an action. You can't really be merciful, friends, without doing something about it. It's not just a feeling. It's an action. Because the Bible tells us that's the way God is. For God so loved us, he looked down, he saw that we were sinful, we were selfish. And what did he do? He showed mercy to us by sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross to free us from sin while we were still in rebellion. He didn't know if we would accept that free gift. He did it because a merciful God always shows action. And those of us that follow Jesus should show actions of mercy to those around us. Psalm 145, 8 in the Living Bible says, God is kind and merciful. He is slow to get angry and he's full of love. I love that scripture. God is kind, he's merciful, he's slow to get angry, and he's full of love. And I believe every one of us that are here today or watching online, really deep down, we want to be merciful. We want to be like Jesus. But how do we know if we're showing mercy to people? You know, it's good sometimes to have a little checklist. I'm coming up on my annual review the bylaws require our board to give an annual review to the lead pastor. I welcome that. It's a checkbox. How's Jerry done this year in the area of pastoral care, in the area of teaching, in the area of administration, and so on and so forth? I like to have some kind of a grid so I know how I'm doing. So I appreciate the scripture here giving us some marks of mercy. Because I can grade myself. I can say, Jerry, are you really as merciful as you desire to be? So evaluate yourself, not your spouse, <laughs> not your neighbor. Evaluate your spouse right now as we move into looking at the four marks of mercy. The Bible teaches if we are truly merciful, we'll be patient <laughs> with those who are peculiar. See, it's easy to be patient with those that are similar to you, those of like faith, those who agree with you, those who you love, you're committed to. It's a little bit harder to be patient with the outcast, with the peculiar. Patience is a mark of mercy. Happy are the merciful Let's just paraphrase that for the time being, as happy are the patient. Now, I've lived long enough, and you really don't have to live very long to realize that in every life, 
some weirdo is going to fall. You've dealt with them, right? You know, they're just, as they say, a few French fries short of a Happy Meal. But God loves them. God loves them. And the image of God is stamped in them. Just like the image of God is stamped in you and me. But sometimes people can just not only be rude, they can just be obnoxious. How do you handle that? What does the Bible say about that? Well, let's look to the Bible and see what it says. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14. It's right here in your folder. It says, encourage the timid, help the weak, and be patient with everyone. Are you patient with everyone? I'm not always. I try to be, but I'm not always. I miss the mark. That's why I need Jesus in my life. That's why I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. The Bible says, though, if I'm going to be merciful, I will be patient with those peculiar people in my life. You know, one thing I've learned that really helps is to get acquainted with those people who are obnoxious, who are peculiar. Find out about their background. Seriously, show some interest in them. When you understand where a person comes from, you can often say, wow, look how far they've come. Instead of saying, wow, look how far they have to go. So our environment, our upbringing affects certain things about us. Many of us had grandmothers that man had basements full of food and paper towels and toilet paper. Man, enough to last for years. And it was because some of them went through the Depression. And they knew what that was like. And for their families, that wasn't going to happen. The scarcity of goods. You know, that affected the way grandma did something. It wasn't she was really so odd. So if you understand where a person's coming from, it helps you be a little bit more patient. Look beyond the external. Ask questions. Be concerned and find out a little bit about the internal pain. I love that old song that says, he, meaning Jesus, looked beyond my faults. And he saw my need. I'm glad Jesus didn't just see my faults. <laughs> he looked beyond my faults. If we want to be merciful, we have to look beyond the external behavior and be willing to get acquainted with people. See, there's often loneliness there. There's often hurt or depression or loss or anxiety that God wants to use us as healing agents. Romans 15, 7, accept one another just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Now that's a homework assignment that's not necessarily easy. I love coming to church on Sunday morning and worshiping with all of you put my hands up and declare the goodness of God and I think I'm praising you today. You're so good, God. But sometime this week, God's probably going to ask me to praise him in a different way. <laughs> like by being 
patient with someone whom I'm very fed up with at that point. Accept one another as Jesus accepts you. And that brings praise to God. Merciful people are accepting people, okay? We shouldn't be quick to criticize, to judge. We realize that often hurtful people are hurting people. So patience is a mark of mercy. Number two, or B, under two, the Bible says if I'm merciful, I'll not only be patient, I will forgive those who have fallen. Again, that's an action. Forgive. Forgiveness is a mark of mercy. Happy are those who will forgive. Man, when people make mistakes in your life, how do you respond? Do you rub it in? <laughs> I knew you'd fail at that. Or do you rub it out? When people let you down, do you keep reminding them, holding it over their head for the rest of their life? That's not mercy. Merciful people don't keep score. Let's look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Be gentle. And what's it say? Read it with me. Ready to forgive. Say it again. Ready to forgive. Then it goes on and says, never hold grudges. And remember the Lord forgave you. So you have the option to forgive others. No, that's not what it says. Remember the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. You might say, Pastor, I can't forgive that person. You don't know how hard that was to go through that and how painful it was. No, you can't forgive them in yourself. That's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why we're a full gospel Pentecostal church. We believe we all need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to live the kinds of life that Jesus is asking us to live. And he wants us to be merciful. You know what's interesting about forgiveness? Is that when you're called to receive forgiveness, it feels so right. But when you're called to give forgiveness, it doesn't always feel so right. It feels wrong sometimes. You know why? Because we want justice. We want justice. We don't want to forgive people. But if we're merciful, we're going to be patient. We're going to be forgiving to those who have fallen. I know it's a lot easier to criticize than sympathize. And our culture, particularly in the last, I don't know, eight, ten years, and I mean, that's become just a huge deal. We're almost heroes if we criticize people. But it's not the biblical way. The biblical way is to sympathize. Instead of pointing your fingers, instead of wagging your tongue, give a helping hand. Thirdly, another mark that we can use to kind of judge ourselves, the Bible says if we're merciful, we will help those who are hurting. So man, now, now we've moved into being sympathetic or empathetic into action. Helping others is a mark of mercy. 
Now, it was really easy for us to all take a grocery bag a couple weeks ago, go to the store, maybe buy two or three items, or some of you bought dozens of items. But so many people participated. That was really easy. We were showing mercy because we were helping somebody. Happy are the helpful. Does that make you feel good? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27 says, Whenever you possibly can, do good to those who need it. So being uh, merciful is a practical assistance. And there's people all around us that are hurting. And it might not be financially. It not, might not be that they're hungry. Maybe they just need a friend. Maybe they need someone to spout off to. And so as they're ranting and raving and complaining about this or that, maybe all they need is a listening ear where you can just not argue with them, not try to convince them differently, but genuinely try to understand where they're coming from. Is that a great idea? That is helping people who are hurting. When you do something about someone who's in a difficult situation, you're being like Christ. It's easy to feel sorry for people, but Jesus didn't just feel sorry for people, he took action. And when we take action, we're being like Jesus. First John chapter three, it's in your outline. First John chapter three, if someone who is supposed to be a Christian has enough money to live well, sees a brother in need, but won't help him, how can God's love be in him? Let's stop just saying we love people, but let's show it by our actions. And that verse is kind of like a dagger. I can't just tell somebody I love them. I need to show it. And show it in a way that they can receive it. Many of you are familiar with Gary Smalley's love languages. And it's so important for us when we show love to someone to make sure that we're showing it in their love language, not our love language. Remember the story of the Good Samaritan? The man, you know, walking down the street, he's mugged, uh, he's thrown over the side of the road, and a couple of guys walk by, and they just don't want to get involved. And the third guy came, and he also felt sorry, but he went another step and took action. And uh, he took him down to the comfort suites, and he left his American Gold Express card, and he said, take care of this guy. Now, that's mercy illustrated there in the Good Samaritan story. Another scripture, Jude chapter 1, be merciful to those who doubt. Sometimes when you're hurting, when you're in pain, when your prayers aren't being answered the way that you want them to be, you begin to doubt. That's true of believers who know the goodness of God. But it's really true of people who don't know Jesus. They're going to doubt. And when they're hurting, they're saying, where's God? Man, he's not hearing my prayer. Maybe he doesn't care. And if you've never had that kind of feeling, maybe you haven't experienced that intense pain that many people have gone through. 
And how did Jesus respond to people who doubted? I never see that he debated them and say, I'm going to prove to you God exists. He didn't demean them, put them down. Well, how could you even think such a thing? I mean, I know that's our natural reactions, but notice he never disowned them either. He never drew a circle around himself and, you know, say, well, you're outside my circle of friends. He never deserted them. There were times that he would give a lesson and he would say, this is a very hard lesson. And, you know, if you're not able to follow me, I understand. Go in the goodness of God, peace be with you. But he didn't challenge them for making their own decision. We need to be more understanding. We need to be more supportive, more patience. We need to show more mercy to those who are in pain. And another mark is the Bible says if we're merciful, we'll do good even to our enemies. Man, this is a tough pill to swallow. But doing good to enemies is a mark of being a merciful person. Luke chapter 6, I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that? Even sinners do that. But love your enemies, do good to them. Then your reward will be great. Be merciful just as your father is. See, all these attitudes we're talking about here in Matthew chapter 5, they're attitudes of Jesus. They reflect the character of God. That's why we're learning them and asking the Holy Spirit to help us walk in them. Man, if we want to be like Jesus, we have to learn to be merciful. We have to do good even to those who do evil to us. And that's, I know, counterintuitive to what our society teaches us. Society says, man, when people hurt you, you just hurt them back. You get even. Gossip about him, destroy him, anything you can. And God says, no, that is reactionary. Remember last, not last week, but the week before, I was talking about being an actor, not a reactor. So you not only forgive your enemy, you go a step further and you be nice to the guy. That's what Jesus would do. Man, tomorrow morning you go to work and Maybe there's somebody in your workplace that's constantly criticizing you. I mean, he's a real jerk. Let's face it. (laughs) The Bible says, no, you look beyond his exterior. You do good to him. How to be if every time somebody criticized you, you complimented them. It's a big task, but the Bible does say that we are to bless those who curse us, it begins to mess with people's mind in a good way. But that's what Jesus says to do. That's what being merciful is. You return good for evil. Why? Because the best way to eliminate an enemy is to turn him into a friend. Now, he might not be a born-again, spirit-baptized believer, 
that adheres to every doctrine that we do. But you know, you can have friends outside the faith. We should have friends outside the faith. So I'm not talking about converting someone to your way of thinking. I'm just saying the best way to eliminate enemies in your life is to turn them into friends, smother them with kindness. And the, the world really doesn't know how to handle that because that's not the way the world responds or we're taught to respond even by our leaders. But all of a sudden, it puts you in control of the situation because you're on the offensive action, right? You're on the offensive, smothering this person with kindness. You're not on the defense. You're acting, you're not reacting. So we've talked about the meaning of mercy and we've looked at four marks of mercy. And I want to now move into three motivations, things that hopefully will spur us to good deeds, to be merciful. Three motivations on being merciful this week. And the first is, we'll be merciful because, let's remember, God has shown us mercy. Back to that law of reciprocity. Matthew chapter 18 out of the Living Bible. Unless you turn to God from your sins and become as little children, you'll never get into the kingdom of God. Now, when you think about those people that really kind of tick you off, if you're having a hard time being merciful to them, just think about how you've kind of been a jerk to God throughout your life. You know, when I think of all the flack that God has taken from Jerry, all the stuff that I've done my own way, my own thing, and God says, you know, Jerry, I still love you. What a gracious, merciful God he is. And we all need to stop, even today, and remind ourselves how merciful God has been to us. God, if you can be so merciful to me, surely you'll help me be merciful to that person. One day, some religious hypocrites um, brought a lady to Jesus, and she had been caught in the very act of adultery. And um, they put the lady in front of Jesus, and they said, Jesus, this lady was caught in the act of adultery. And you know what the law says. Justice needs to be done. If you're caught in adultery, the law says you are to be stoned to death. And first of all, Jesus agreed what the law said. He said, yeah, you're right. Yep, that's what the law says. And then he says, why don't uh, the first of you that have never broken the law, why don't you go ahead and cast that first stone? Man, that's a powerful moment in the ministry of Jesus. And we know that they all silently just walked away because we have all received mercy. Therefore, we need to be willing to give mercy. See, justice will be done. But that's not up to us. It's not up to our government. (laughs) It's up to God Almighty. 
And we know that someday God will make the right wrong. And God will deal with those who have done wrong. Justice will prevail. But that's not the mission he gave us. He didn't say, go into all the world and make sure justice is done in the name of the Lord. That's what he said. Remember the time that Jesus said, you're so concerned about all the problems that your neighbor's having. Maybe it'd be best before you try to help get the sawdust out of his eye that you take a look at the telephone pole in your own eye. Remember that story? <laughs> Man, there's no contest there. Help us, Jesus. When we tend to judge other people by their worst faults, right? I mean, we, we just tend to do that. But it's interesting, we tend to judge ourselves by our best intentions. Yeah, I had really good intentions. Double standard there, isn't it? That's why it's important for us to remember that we need to be merciful because God has shown us mercy. We also need to be merciful because I guarantee every one of us will need mercy in the future. <laughs> Not only has God been merciful to me in the past, I'm going to need God's mercy in the future. Because I don't expect to be perfect between now and the time that I pass from this earthly life to heaven. There'll be times that I'll mess up. I'll make mistakes, and unfortunately, there'll be times I'll sin. And I'm going to need God's mercy. James 2, verse 13, again out of J.B. Phillips. The man who makes no allowances for others will find none made for him. <laughs> I want to keep the door of mercy open in my own life because I'm going to have to ask Jesus for mercy. I want to make allowances for others because I'm going to need allowance for myself. Forgiveness and mercy are this two-way street. And if we for, refuse to forgive others, if we refuse to show mercy toward others, man, you're burning the very grid that you're going to have to walk on. That's why the Bible says that those who show mercy will receive mercy. I need to be merciful because I'm going to need it again in the future. Be careful, friends, about demanding justice. Because God might demand justice out of your life. That'd be a scary thought. I'm glad God's not judging me by making sure the scales are even. He's judged me because of my faith in Jesus, who is my righteousness. God does not give us what we deserve, people. He gives us what we need. We need mercy. And mercy is giving to others not what they deserve, but what they need. Finally, I'm merciful because showing mercy will make me happy. It just does. Just like giving makes a person happy. Makes you happy. 
That's what, you know, we talked about earlier. The word blessed can also be translated happy. Happy are the merciful. Now, if that's true, the opposite must also be true, which would be unhappy are the unmerciful. The most miserable people that I know, man, they're just holding mercy from others. They're resentful. They have a grudge from the past, sometimes two or three years ago, sometimes 20 or 30 years ago. They're holding unforgiveness over somebody. And they don't realize that they're just hurting themselves. They're not hurting those other people. They're hurting themselves. Unmercifulness will make you miserable. But showing mercy will make you happy. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 17. Last scripture in our outline today. Your own soul is nourished when you are kind. But it's destroyed when you are cruel. Man, this is good stuff. As I begin to wrap up this message today, I just want to tell you the first step to becoming a merciful person is that you have to experience the mercy of God. Mm -hmm. You can't really give what you don't have. You can't offer the mercy to other people unless you have first received mercy. You can't offer forgiveness to somebody unless you feel like you've been forgiven. See, I think one of the reasons that Christians have a hard time forgiving people is because they still don't feel forgiven themselves. And when I feel unforgiven, then I tend to be unforgiving. When I don't feel good, I don't want anyone else to feel good. So the starting point, I've got to receive mercy and forgiveness from God and the peace of God and the forgiveness of God, and then I can extend it to others. If you're here today or if you're watching online, if you have never asked Jesus to forgive you, that's your first step if you want to be a merciful person. Just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be the center of my life. I want to live for you. I want to receive mercy and forgiveness. And the Bible says that he'll forgive you, no questions asked. We have a brand new resource that was produced by Greg Laurie. It's called the New Believer's Bible. And if you give your heart to Jesus today, or if you're online, or if you would like a copy of this Bible, you just let us know. We'll be happy to pray for you after the service at the altar. Go to the Welcome Center. Janice is there this morning. Tell her, I want to start following Jesus. She'll pray for you. She'll give you a Bible. We want to help you. If you want to be merciful, receive the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God. Ask Christ into your heart. But you know, most of us have already done that. We've received mercy. So now we have another set of questions to ask ourselves. Who is it in our life that needs mercy? Is it a family member? 
Is it a grandchild? Is it a sibling that you haven't talked to for five years? Is it your next door neighbor that's just been such a thorn in the flesh? Who is it in your life that's barely hanging on? Who can you show mercy to? And who is it in your life that perhaps you're still holding the past over their head? (laughs) You know, you won't let them off the hook. Maybe that's what God is dealing with you about today. Maybe you need to say a word of forgiveness to someone this week. To show forgiveness, show mercy. Let that person off the hook. Wipe the state clean. Say, it's done. (laughs) Blessed are the merciful, for they'll be shown mercy. Happy are the merciful, for they will have mercy shown to them. May the Holy Spirit help us to have this attitude that Jesus has left us. In our homes, in our church, in our community, in our nation. May God have mercy on us, but may we be merciful to others. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this time that we've had together And I thank you, Lord, that you are a God of mercy. And Lord, we want to be like you in character and in practice. And I pray today, Lord, that in these closing moments, that you will speak to each of our hearts what I might not, what I might need in this situation is not what my neighbor needs. So Lord, we just give you permission right now to show us if there's anyone we need to forgive and show mercy. Show us, Lord, if there's something in our heart that we need to release to you and ask your forgiveness. And as we receive mercy, we'll become more merciful. And maybe today, Lord, we've just been riled up about all the events of our culture and our nation and our community. Help us to realize that all seven billion people on the face of this earth are dearly loved by you. Help us look beyond our differences, look beyond the hurts, and help us, Lord, to build bridges to other people, to be genuinely interested in them, to make our enemies our friends, Help us, Lord, to reflect the mercy of Jesus to those around us this week. In your name, amen.